0: Welcome, everyone, to the Every Other Thursday podcast, where in each episode, we bring you suggestions for improving the guest dining experience and our industry roundtable, where we tackle the industry issues of the moment. Every Other Thursday is an approximately 30-minute presentation featuring our industry experts who are never shy about offering up their thoughts and ideas. Every Other Thursday is brought to you by TabletopJournal.com, Tabletop Journal, where we celebrate the products, the people, and the places in the world of hospitality tabletop. Now, here's your host of Every Other Thursday, Dave Turner. Hi, everyone, and
1: welcome back to Every Other Thursday in a brand new year of 2020. I'm Dave Turner, and I'm your host here at Every Other Thursday, and I'm here again along with my colleagues, Jay Alley and Greg Kirish. Hi, guys, and Happy New Year to you both. Happy New Year. You guys survived the holidays? Nobody got arrested? Everything was good? No police activity?
2: I'm actually dead, speaking to you from the hereafter.
1: Is is it? Oh, this is the hereafter. I thought this might be your one call or something. (laughs) So Good, good. Everybody had good holidays.
2: Great holidays.
1: Every other Thursday, of course, is our recently launched... I keep saying recent. I'm not sure it's recent anymore, but it's still recent, I guess. Launch 30 Minutes or so podcast where we showcase the interesting tabletop-related products and interesting ideas all with the idea of engaging the dining guests and elevating the guest dining experience, all the while helping the operator increase their profitability, because that's really what it's all about, helping the operator be more profitable, driving the guest experience. And along with the new ideas and products, each episode, we undertake a vigorous roundtable discussion. Last week's was a fabulous discussion, and this one will be no, no different, I'm sure, but covering all the hot topics of the moment and... This week's episode of Every Other Thursday, like all the other ones so far, is brought to you by Tabletop Journal. Tabletop Journal, this is going into the ninth year of being the world's go-to place for information and news on the world of hospitality tabletop. Tabletop Journal, where we celebrate the products, the people, and the places in the world of hospitality tabletop. And as I mentioned, we start each episode off with Greg bringing us his big idea for improving the guest experience and the operator's profits. So, Greg, take it away. What do you got for us this week?
3: Well, I'm going to start with my usual preamble. What I'm always looking for, putting through my filter, is uh, our products that the operator can use uh, to improve their, pro- their profitability by enhancing the, uh, the guest experience. Something that's, that doesn't increase cost, that's simple to use, that uh, creates theatrics. Uh, drama, all the things that the guest is looking for, as easily as possible, and so we touched on a number of things last week, and it got. Wait, me-
1: wait a second, you left out the other one, the most important one, the dialogue.
3: The dialogue. Oh yes, that was that was a big that was a big You're a big
1: dialogue. dialogue guy.
3: Yes, I am. We want to create. We want to create dialogue. And we want to create dialogue, obviously between the operator and the guest, but we want to create dialogue also. Between the uh, the tabletop product supplier and the operator, because it's not even if you don't land with the product that we happen to be talking about. By bringing these ideas forward, you become uh, as a supplier, a a, a source, a, an information source, somebody that can be relied upon, and that's really what a lot of these discussions are about. And uh, so we we touched on on several subjects last week, but it, it got me thinking about wine glasses. And wine glasses is is, a, is obviously a subject. It's a, it's a massive subject, very important, very broad. Um, uh, but when, when when the one thing that that we that and and we can bring and this could be a, a topic that we can also talk about uh, the three of us more also, is that uh, the one thing that I was thinking about is is that. Even if it's, even if a restaurant doesn't focus on wine, let's say it's a fast casual type place, uh, whether a chain or an independent, you know, how many times have you gone in there and they have one wine glass fits all? And uh, I know that there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't want to have multiple wine glasses, but it seems to me that if you have two, a basic, a basic red wine glass and a basic white wine glass that, that looks significantly different, significantly enough that the that the um guests will, will 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 pick up on it immediately I think that it would it would it would be a great way for operators to really make an to make an a positive impression. This and so so I'm not talking I realize that there's gonna be pushback because they don't want to have more operational issues, they don't want to have more inventory uh, headaches uh, uh, but but I mean, it just seems that just by increasing uh, the the uh, the, the uh, tabletop products to two wine glasses would make a huge uh, uh, impact. The the uh, the guest will see something totally different, and it, and it, and it's somebody that cares about the about the wine, and and it makes it, it makes it different. And it elevates the entire experience. So now I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, I'm going to keep it short this week.
1: The question that comes to my mind, I want to go all the way back to where you said for a restaurant that doesn't focus on wine. If you're not focusing on wine, I don't care if you're a pizza place. If you're not focusing on wine, then why are you trying to – I mean, why do you even have it? I mean, because it's got to be – I know – I. I'm, I'm guessing that wine is on there uh, on a menu because it's profitable. So why don't you try to sell uh, a profitable item? I'm not saying push it on every single guest uh, with a full court press, but but just subtle thing. I think the I think the idea of getting away from one single all purpose glass. Greg, you're quite right. I think operators do it for simplicity reasons, more practical reasons, more back of the house reasons than front of the house. But just having two different, even if you took two different all-purpose classes, number one, it would heighten the, the awareness to to promote wine in a, in a soft, but, you know, uh, but specific way to by the servers. And then secondly, um, it it would just, you know, anytime you highlight something by having a glass a white, white wine has its glass, red wine has its glass. Uh, people tend to, to pay more attention to it, meaning buy it more, or even if you're a server to sell it more. So um, I like the idea of doing that, and I know it adds some layer of complexity. Oh, we've got to order two glasses now instead of one. But uh, Jay's the glass guy, but I I just think that it, um, you know, it makes sense, uh, you know, to from the front of the house standpoint and the guest experience, just, just to make it just even a little bit special. What do you think, Jay?
2: No, I think, I think, well, first of all, both of you guys are absolutely correct. And you know, we were talking a little bit before we started the recording about th- that situation. And, uh, you know, we've come a long way and, and you, you know, you heard me mention, uh, the Riedel family and all that they did for all of us that are in a wine glass business. I mean, we owe all of them a, a debt of gratitude because over 10, 15 years, uh, they did an enormous amount of work educating people that yes, the glass makes a big difference. And, you know, people that can afford that particular product because they were primarily years ago just a retail company because the glass is a little bit fragile and that's changed a little bit now. It's not quite as uh, fragile as it was and they have a, a restaurant series. But at the end of the day – uh you educate these people, and then they go to a nice restaurant that has maybe a little bit less than an adequate glass for the ambiance in that restaurant or it doesn't support the prices on the wine list. What started to happen is people would go in, and you order a two $300 bottle of wine. They bring it out, in Brand X is a commodity product. It isn't even the right shape for that wine, and there started to be a lot of pushback. And so over time, it changed. Then you had the wine explosion and all of that, and wine prices uh, have dropped dramatically because a couple of years ago there was this big glut of wine, I'm told, and all that stuff. But t- to Greg's point, there's no question it's the case. There's no doubt about that. But the, the biggest step, and when I first started, it tells you kind of how, kind of how old I am. I, when I first started going around, we literally had to fight what I call, because I'm French-Canadian, so I, I call it the meme and pepe glass. You go down to Florida and some of the restaurants, you know, Fast casual places that sell wine would come out and give you a little, um, kind of a red wine glass that held about four ounces of wine, and you, and you filled it to the top. But there was a trend in the restaurants back then that most restaurants of all type, not you know not the high end stuff, but say a mid level restaurant, they still got an eight, nine, ten ounce little red wine glass, and if you don't fill it to the top, the guest at that time complained. So we've come a long way. We got past the fact now that people kind of understand why you don't fill it to the top because then there's no room for the you know the wine to breathe. And so now we're here today, and and, and and the end of the day, what we run into is people who sell the product is that there's two things. There's some people who still need to upgrade their glass, no question. And I could name some of those, but I obviously won't do that. But uh, then you got the people who have made the jump to a better glass. And and, and to, to Greg's point, they made the decision, if we're going to go from taking two glasses off our table that really don't do much regardless, I mean, putting two commodity styles on a table. One big red, one white, still a commodity glass, doesn't feel good, doesn't look good, yada, yada. So they went up to, you know, a nicer product. And uh, but they made the decision, if we're going to do that, we're going to we're going to use one glass, the most chosen glass for that. Application that's not just simply a buy-the-glass offering. So if they're serving bottles of wine and good glasses of wine, you'll most commonly see like a 22 to 24-ounce cabboy on the table. That's the glass of, of, of choice for that particular type of application. It's big enough to let a good red wine breathe uh doesn't have too much of an effect because from what I'm told, white wines don't respond to air. They respond to aeration, but they don't respond like red wines do. And they don't need as, as quite as much aeration. So hence, that's why the glasses are smaller. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's still very rare to see even some, even some restaurants where the ticket's pretty serious, uh, where they're still using only one glass. Now there are some now that will keep, a couple dozen of, of of say a big pinot glass behind the bar, and someone orders a two, three, four, five hundred dollar bottle of, of wine. That needs to go in a better product. But just getting them to do that is is not as easy as it sounds. And like we were saying earlier before we started recording, to me, it, it just enhancing the guest experience by setting the table with that upscale one glass makes a big difference. Um, I Conversely, I've been in restaurants where they the wine list was expensive. They had a really nice all purpose cab Bordeaux on the table and I, I was out one night with my wife. We ordered a couple hundred dollar bottle of Pinot, which for me is an expensive bottle of wine. And it wasn't a fact that it was two hundred dollars, it was the fact that it was a good bottle of Pinot. They had Pinot glasses behind the bar and they didn't bring me a Pinot glass. So I said to the server, I said, Could, would you mind getting me one of the Pinot glasses? I mean this is a bottle of Pinot. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. So you know you gotta educate your staff so that so that they that they know what they're talking about and that they you know, you've got to set the rules about when you bring out the other glass. If we could get him to put two really impressive glasses on the table at all times or at least bring it out properly with a bottle of wine that he's serving, that would be great. It's just a little bit of a tough roto. I'm not even so sure it's it's all cost, although that always seems to come up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I get that you you got a twenty two or twenty four ounce cab Bordeaux glass that you use in a, as an all purpose, the best all purpose. But wouldn't a, a similar shape but a smaller one? How about how about a collection um, that says, "Hey, we got two all. It's an our all purpose collection from a glassware manufacturer. We've got a twenty two to twenty four ounce uh, shape tulip shaped, and then we've got an eighteen or sixteen to eighteen uh, that we use as an all purpose for whites."
2: You could do that. Sure. Absolutely. I mean,
1: I understand that there's some complications with it, but I, I just like the idea of focusing in a on one, uh, uh, one variety or another, because a lot of times they're selling it by the glass anyway.
2: Well, the, by the, the, buy the glass and, and see, that's the thing. And, and before, you know, eight, nine, 10 years ago, you'd never see a 22 and a half ounce of 23 ounce cab Bordeaux glass or any other glass of that size being used for white wines. But you know, the, the thing that's happened is, is, is just, you know, the, again you got the awareness and and all of that good stuff but see to me if you took and i you know if you took a 12 ounce white wine in a white wine shape and then took a 12 a 13 or 15 ounce in a more of a pinot shape usually that's a burgundy glass though i mean I, i don't think i've ever really ever really seen much of a smaller true styled pinot burgundy bowl just in smaller dimension i just don't
1: no, if it would do
2: much, I mean the, there's no question that I, th- I think bigger. you're way
1: too far in the weeds. I think what Greg is saying is just have a simple shape, even if it's the same shape, just a little shorter uh, and and have that be the white and the taller one be the red. I mean, and I'm when I say a little short i i i don't I don't want to overthink it i I don't think if you're if you're that if you're uh, if you're the local upscale pizza place. Yeah. You know, some people like white wine and that's it. And that's all they want to drink is white wine. And uh, so I I just like the idea of using it as a merchandising uh, technique. I think that's Greg, was that where you were going with all this?
3: Exactly. Exactly. I just think that just by making that little bit of differentiation, that that would be... um, uh, uh, observed, whether whether it's consciously or, you know, or subconsciously by the, uh, by the guest, I think it'd make a very positive, imp- very positive impression. And I'm surprised it isn't done more. And I get, and I get all the reasons, all the pushbacks about, you know, operations and costs and everything like that. But it's a very simple thing, you know, instead of just having one wine glass, have two. And, and I think that, that I just I just gotta believe that it would have a, it would have a very good impact on on wine sales.
2: There's no argument there, but I will tell you that that, that trying to get uh, that is a general blanket kind of a target to shoot for is not easy because we do that all every day. I mean we 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 talk to operators and uh, you know you can only push them so so far. But like for instance, you know up in my area we got a place called a Paddock Restaurant on the Market has, you know, the big 1.7 liter stuff from Woodbridge or whatever, and uses one of our 15 ounce glasses. His problem is he doesn't have any room for two glasses. All the wine glasses are pretty much, unless they're being washed, they're, they're behind the bar stored there. So that's a, that's, that's a problem with, that's a challenge with some of the more moderately sized restaurants. It place seats, maybe 150 people. It's not that it's tiny, but storage issues are, are a real problem. And it actually, rears its ugly head in another segment of our business, which is the craft cocktail stuff. I mean, a lot of these these people really understand this craft cocktail craze, but they don't have room for seven different rocks glasses, or you know.
3: But in this case, I'm not I'm not you know suggesting that they double their wine glass inventory. I'm saying that they should cut their wine glass inventory in half, and use you know and fill the other half with a different glass.
2: Yeah, no, I got
3: you. Yeah. I got you. And I, yeah, and you know, and and you know, so like the pizza place that uh, Dave was talking about, all of a sudden, you know, it's it's a it's it's totally elevated, elevated wine. It's 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 you know, it shows that the that the operator recognizes there's a difference, cares about it, cares that the you know that the guest has a has a better has a better has a better elevated experience. I don't
1: know, just, 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 again. Let's face it, when, when you're talking about these these kinds of restaurants, I, I mean, uh, most of them probably have some sort of red, and it can be a Malbec or it can be a, a relatively inexpensive red, a liter and a half, like you say, Jay, red. They've got a a, a a white that matches up with it, and then they may even have some sort of a blush wine. Uh, that goes with that, and um, I, you know, just something to separate them, something to help merchandise it, because I, I I'm, I'm hopeful that they would not only would they, yes, they would maybe change the experience a little bit, but actually they would highlight it, so it would help them help the servers sell more wine and and make just just generally elevate the awareness of it. That's all.
2: Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 all. Hey, listen, I'm, I, that's what I do. I sell wine glasses every day in one one way or another. So I'm all on board for that. But the reality of it is, and this is this is not a not a slam in how this market is is handled. But we go through another level of distribution, and how much time we would have to spend to, to try to get um, the the DSMs for some of these bigger dealers to you know, embrace that concept. You you know it, you can always try. You should never not try. But boy, it's just a whole nother kettle of fish. If the, if any one of the three of us, if I paired up with Dave or I paired up with you, Greg, and we went out and tried to make some sales call. Could we do that? You and me? Sure. We we could probably do that. Uh, throw the other element into it. And the reality of that is 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 you're going to have to at some point say how much time do I spend trying to trying to push deal, this deal in instead of just saying, hey, look, I've got a you know I've got a, a great a great glass here. It'll work both ways up to a pretty serious level. you know, one of the the things that you'll, one of my biggest customers is, is is a Darden restaurant called Seasons 52, great spot. And when I was uh, working, the first time I saw them was, uh, it was a blueprint on a desk in Florida with the master sommelier and his purchasing person. And they explained what they were going to do. Uh, Saw the blueprints, saw the, you know, the decor, the, the, you know, the stuff they're going to use on the chairs, all this stuff. It was just, in its infant stages and they were talking about wine glasses and they said well we want a we want the best possible uh large all-purpose wine glass that we can get and we got to pay this amount for it and if you knew what the number he threw out at the time because those restaurants have been around for a while now it was shocking and i said well gee i had a glass in my bag that that would fit the purpose but it was maybe 20% more than the number that they threw out selling it to him at a very very good price and he says, Jay, I, so I said, why, why, I mean, why do we have to hit that price point? He says, cause we're going to go through wine glasses like Sherman took Atlanta. He said, it's going to be crazy. We're so wine centric. We're going to be so busy, wine centric. We're going to have breakage. And what sold the product was a product that I didn't, I mean, what sold how we got the business. I didn't even have a glass in America at the time that they could buy. They went to, they went to the factory and in touring the factory, they found the product that they tested while they were there. And, uh, they drank some wine out of it. It was very similar to another glass that George Miliotis, who was a master sommelier at the time, found, but it wasn't, uh, I don't know what it was the price, but I don't know why they didn't buy the one that they originally found. But this glass was almost identical. And he fell in love with the bowl. The prices that we were able to negotiate with him were, I mean, it's, it's something we make literally no money on, but it's very prestigious for us to be there. So that's, that's what they did it. If I'd have spent my time just even trying to get him to buy my little more expensive, uh, event class, which was the one that I was talking about, uh, I would have lost the business. So it it, it does. It, you, you're right. You're both right, and I completely agree with it. It's just that there's some realities. That at some point, you got to say, okay, how how much harder am I going to push this?
3: Well, ho- hopefully, our discussion here will spark some interest, and maybe you'll get some pull through. There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, having beat that one to death, I think uh, that's that's. But it's a good topic. And i And I do think that there's an opportunity in some of these more moderately priced restaurants neighborhood restaurants whatever to to sell more uh, wines and certainly um, you know we understand that the the, the additional level of uh, complexity uh, to push in another shaped wine glass, but again hopefully they're making good profit and would increase the top line sales of wine for sure. Good. We're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, we're going to hit the round table, hit it hard, just like we did last week, and we'll be right back with a uh, topic of the week and a vigorous discussion.
0: This episode of Every Other Thursday is brought to you by TabletopJournal.com. For more than eight years, Tabletop Journal has been raising the awareness of just how important Tabletop is to the overall guest dining experience. Using the hashtag Tabletop Matters, Tabletop Journals connected the kindred spirits of the hospitality world all around the globe. TabletopJournal.com, where we celebrate the products, the people, and the places, all in the world of hospitality tabletop. Now, back to our podcast.
1: Okay, everybody, we're back now, and I'm I'm Dave Turner. I'm your host here every other Thursday, and I'm with... Jay Alley and Greg Kirish and we've just been talking about all-purpose glass uh, glassware and it's been a great conversation back and forth and, and that's really ends up being a subset of the total uh, glassware category and because as uh, most of us are aware is that there's multiple options when it comes to glassware and Jay I'm wondering can, can can you bring us up to speed a little bit on what the trends are just generally speaking once once you get away from that all purpose sort of sector what are the what are the trends uh, in in glassware going on now uh and how do they marry up with what's happening in the wine side of it the beverage side
2: well, yeah, I'll do my best. Uh, I think, you know, there's been so many trends in, in, in the wine business. Uh, you know, we talked about using multiple size glasses and upgrading, you know, that on the tabletop and all of that. One of the things that is stuck out in my mind is, is, as you know, wine glasses can come logo to identify a pour line, whether the normal pour line, six ounces or whatever. Today you're seeing up to three pour levels on a glass, uh, four ounces, six ounces, nine ounces uh very common to see too and the reason for that is one of the trends and it's 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 been going on for a while i think it's going to continue to go for quite a while is that uh, people are selling more very very expensive wines by the glass and when you you know i mean you can pay twenty twenty five dollars for a four ounce pour of something i don't I mean i don't drink that and probably because of my palate wouldn't appreciate it which is sad but that's that's just me so you know now with the you know with the in- in inter inter well the invention, it's not really an invention, it's been around, but different ways that you can preserve expensive bottles of wine for a long period of time with Kubernetes and all this stuff. Uh, the the buy-the-glass business has taken, a, I think, a big turn. It's it, it's getting to be stronger and stronger and stronger. You know, people can sample, they can do their own tastings at different levels. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that I don't think is going to slow down.
1: So what's the, what is the impact? How does that impact the, the glass itself?
2: Yep, yep. How it impacts how it impacts the glass itself is it's probably a trend that is flying in the face of what we just talked about. Because uh, to the logo, you know, a, a, the typical all-purpose glass is between 15 and 18 ounces. A 22 or 23 ounce one is an all-purpose is kind of unique. Now, you can still do a 3, a 6, a 9 ounce on a big glass problem you're going to run into a little bit is that the three ounce pour in a 22 ounce glass is going to look a little anemic. And if you're trying to get, you know, a serious dollar for it, cause it has to be the way it is. Cause you've opened up a three or $400 bottle of wine. That's an interesting challenge. So there, there you're almost forced to help them select maybe one, maybe two would work. Uh Maybe do a, a white wine, and maybe do a, a one specifically for reds. You might be able to get away with that. But I have not in, in those places that are really involved with those expensive by-the-glass uh, situations, I've seen only one size, one size multiple multiple logos logo on the I mean multiple levels logo on the glass. So I, you know, that's, that's something I just gonna, I think is gonna continue to go. I think the other thing is, is I don't know what the numbers are because I'm not a restaurant operator, but it seems to me that even with all of the cocktail crazes and the beer crazes, people are just still drinking more wine than ever. I mean, when you go into a restaurant, I notice it, uh, you know, it, it's almost hard to find a table that's not got a bottle of wine on it or at least glasses of wine and almost everybody participating in it.
1: I keep hearing that I keep hearing that the restaurant business being driven by millennials. I keep hearing about them buying more uh, younger wines and more approachable wines, um, wines from Spain, wines from lesser uh, sort of uh, I wouldn't say obscure, but you know, lesser known regions of the world. Is that is that a trend?
2: Yeah, I think that. I mean, that's something that I notice. I mean, my wife and I will go out. We'll buy we'll buy wines from Chile and Spain and, and all over. I, I think the other thing that's happening is is that there's the winemakers, and again, it's getting out of my lane here. But from what I can hear and read a little bit about the winemakers, and now have tools at their disposal, whether it's different kegs or different processes with, with different liquids. But today, they're able to, you know, artificially age wines. Uh, i don 't know if that's the right word, and somebody in the in the wine business might get mad at me for saying that, but it seems like you can get great wines and you you know how when was this bottle aged well wednesday today 's Friday <laughs> and they're not that
1: my uh my contention to uh you know, servers still come out and they're trained uh, to get you to sample the wine and i I appreciate the ceremony of that, but i can't tell you uh the last bottle of wine I ever sent back, I can't tell you when it was, and I don't know. And, and usually I'll ask a server, uh, how many in the last year have you had to take back? And I, and I'm always surprised if there's even one bottle that they've had to somebody has sent back.
2: Well, part of the reason for that is the is the advent of screw tops, uh, twist off caps, and artificial cor, uh, artificial corks. It's not cork; it's out of. You can't not get from what I'm told. You can't have a corked bottle of wine if it's got a screw cap on it or, 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 a cor- or an uh, artificial cork.
1: Well, I guess, I guess where, I, uh, where I'm going also is uh, yes, the, those are the wine trends, but what, how are they impacting the wine glass business? Cause I know we've got a lot of, a lot of, first of all, dealer, uh, salespeople that sell wine glasses and also manufacturers that are listening to us. And I wonder what the impact of the, the trends in wine are, uh, to the glasses themselves. A great. You've
2: you just made a great point that hurts my heart. <laughs> because when I first started <laughs> in a good way, when I first started in this business a long time ago, 20 years ago, there were only maybe three, four crystal manufacturers you know, making wine glasses. And then, of course, w- we upgraded our durability and changed the height, started to get taller. Today, you've got a lot more people in the wine glass business, starting with upscale commodity products. Uh, that are very, very nice and uh, causing us to have to be very sharp with our prices. That tells me that more and more wine is being drunk because more and more people are in this business. And, and our volume as a crystal company is rising. I mean, I'd like to see it grow a lot faster, but everybody's selling wine glasses. So, I, you know, I you would stand to reason that I would have to believe that there's more wine being drunk today than has been in a lot of uh, you know years past. It's, I don't know if it's double, triple, quadruple. I, I have no way of knowing that. but a lot of people drinking wine. A lot of people selling wine glasses.
3: So that you know, that's a segue into you know I guess, what, looping all the way back to the beginning of our discussion here. You know, wine is out there. It's important. Um, guests want it. Operators need to sell it. So if they could have, if they could somehow elevate it and bring even more attention to it, that's a that's a good that's a good. Oh
2: you know, yeah, yeah. This you're absolutely correct. Absolutely correct.
3: And, and again, as we've mentioned, I, I I get the pushback that you know you can't have a you know unlimited inventory of different glasses because you know ultimately it'd probably be great if they had I don't know dozens of different types of glasses, but if they could even if they could just narrow that down to one, two, three that that are significantly different that the you know that the guest automatically sees hey there's a difference here this operator cares. They know what they're doing. They, 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 they care about what I'm, what I'm drinking. They care about my experience. I just think I got to believe that that would have a positive impact for, for both, for everyone.
2: Yep. Well, I think, you know, one, one of the good things to do would be to go go to a place that you frequent once in a while. And if they're in that situation, talk to an operator and see what their opinion is. Cause ultimately we can, you know, all of us are making great points. It's like uh, on some of the topics that we talked about before, uh, in, the, in the other segments, whether it's cloches or bone marrow spoons, or you know lobster claw crackers, whatever, whatever you want to talk about, but some of it is just handicapped by the reality of operating a. I think you, I think you got a better chance of doing that in a Michelin five star restaurant, no question, and you'd probably find a lot more of the multiple glass of all types in those kind of restaurants. But it's a it's a not an easy road to hoe, and some of the things, uh, some of the other restaurants that are good restaurants and serve good food, and um, one that comes to mind is Jay Alexander's. It's like an upscale Applebee's. Uh, I, I've eaten there on the road o- over the years and they use Riedel restaurant. And I was very, very impressed that, that, that they got a good, decent wine list, but it's certainly affordable to anybody. So it just, it's, 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 it's not something we don't talk about because at the very least, I always try to say, look, if that's the road you're going to go and you have some very expensive reds on the menu, you need to really consider, you know, putting a high end Burini glass behind a bar what are you going to need two three four dozen of them keep them there and uh, you know when someone orders that big big bottle i mean you can't you shouldn't put a thousand dollar bottle of wine uh, in, in an inappropriate glass for it and probably today and i don't know um, there's probably more bottles of of the high high level price point sold than we probably would guess
3: i could i would contend you shouldn't put a thirty dollar bottle of wine in the in the glass that it's not that it's not made for you know or, or i mean let me reverse that a the proper glass will enhance the 30 dollar bottle of wine experience.
2: absolutely absolutely no doubt about it
1: at the risk of at the risk of throwing a bomb into this conversation um, we talked about in the first segment we talked about uh, all purpose kind of glassware what about wine in a can
2: you're talking about box wines
1: i'm talking about wine in a can just like beer in a can
2: Oh I'm sorry
1: okay no, I, that keeps uh, falling onto my radar screen more and more these days the idea of uh, of uh, retailers selling wine by the can and my question now is if if it's a back of the house problem that prevents um, an all purpose glass from uh you know becoming two all purpose glasses what about getting rid of the all purpose glass what about the neighborhood pizzeria or neighborhood restaurant that says the heck with glass. we all together. Uh, we've got pretty damn good wines in, in in a can now. We'll just serve it and we'll have it on our menu in a can. Um, I, don't, I I have not seen any of that. I've never seen a can
2: of wine. I, of course, I've never looked for it. I mean, the, the, the box wines, which is what I thought you were talking about, those have, I mean, you're seeing more of that on liquor store shelves and some some decent stuff. I mean, because st- I, I bought some and tried it. Uh, not bad. Uh, to me, Drinking a glass, drinking wine out of, out of an aluminum can. I'm not a wine snob. I wouldn't do it.
1: No, but that, but it, but the person drinking the wine out of a can is not not you. It's yeah, not, I understand no that. Yeah. Or me or Greg. It's it's somebody uh, complete, uh, of uh, at least one or two generations away.
3: I think I, I think that there would be a place for it as a novelty. I think that people, you know, it'll be something that will get some 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 traction just because it's so different. But ultimately. And uh, let's face it: wine out of a nice glass tastes better than wine that's in a in a not so nice glass. And and and, and whether that's you know whether can be it's true or not, that's the perception. And so uh, you know, and I, and I think that's where I'm going. Yes, people will drink wine out of a can. Yes, it'll be a novelty. Yes, there'll be some traction, but. Ultimately, I think the nicer glass is always going to win out.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, you're absolutely correct.
1: Better guest experience translates into what? Happier guests, guests who come back more often, and guests who spend more money. And, Greg, what else do the happy guests do?
3: They have a dialogue. (laughs) <laughs> they
1: have a dialogue with all their friends, and they tell them where to go. Uh, what a great time they had at a restaurant. And so they tell everybody, and that word of mouth is certainly the best. So great discussion this week, gentlemen. We kicked off the year with, uh, with a great new session. Really glad to be in the year of 2020, and we're looking forward to uh, to a whole bunch more of exciting episodes of Every Other Thursday. Thanks for joining us again. I'm Dave Turner. I'm your host. Thanks to Greg uh, Greg Kirish for joining us, and Jay Alley as well. We'll see you next time.
0: This episode of Every Other Thursday has been brought to you by TabletopJournal.com. For more than eight years, Tabletop Journal has been raising the awareness of just how important tabletop is to the overall guest dining experience. Using the hashtag Tabletop Matters, Tabletop Journal has connected the kindred spirits of the hospitality world all around the globe. TabletopJournal.com, where we celebrate the products, the people, and the places, all in the world of hospitality tabletop. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of Every Other Thursday. You can learn more about Every Other Thursday by visiting our website, everyotherthursdaypodcast.com.